pay now as the incense burns. Episode 11, and I am your humble host, Sean P. Wright. And it's been a while. Give or take a couple of weeks. When we left off last, it was a Father's Day post. And we were still in the midst of Mercury retrograde. And I was retrograding. So I had to take some time to decompress. Let the creative juices marinate. Bubble a bit. And here we are. I got a couple of pings, people asking me when the season was starting up again. And the season is still going on. We're still in season one. But I got a question from a reader about notions of creativity and purpose. Because a lot of my writing is infused with that. And over the past couple of years, I've been working in my capacity as a genealogist to tell the stories of those souls that I call the glorious ones, my my family. Those, those people near and far. And it was to them that I dedicated my second book an honor to or honor of and it truth be told it, it kind of happened on on accident or maybe accident is too light of a word because that would chalk it up to coincidence and I've learned long ago that coincidences are instances of synchronicity for those who are willing to hear it. Now, when I got the gumption to write my second book from the Water's Edge Volume 2, it was in the midst of the pandemic. One that we're still in now. And I remember, I remember it clearly. And at that time, I, I penned a narrative to keep those pangs of disaffection fresh in my memory so that I could convert them into something of use which is something that I touch on often, the conversion method. Taking that which you have an abundance on and converting it into your fuel. And this is what I did in that instance. And it was part of a series that I wrote that I'm still in the process of writing called The Workplace. And this was part three of the workplace. It was it was subtitle of empathy and pandemics. And it was something that was a revelation of sorts. 
let's time travel a bit if you if we will or if you would you're here already so let's go down that path it, it was February of 2021 as I stared deep into my coffee this morning I debated writing this but I relented as something in my spirit demanded that I must the pandemic has forced so many of us within indoors and inside the confines of ourself to face uncomfortable truths. Many of us have been broken down a number of levels. Now, I had harbored notions of believing that I had tasted humility before and accordingly, I have always tried to use that as a medium to inform my humanity. But it seems that I have yet a level to be opened. Now, what the pandemic has taught me, or more accurately, what it has reaffirmed, is that history repeats and human beings are really bad at being human. Let me expand on that. We begrudge the growing incivility in society, but in reality, I'm starting to wonder if goodness and humanity is an oxymoron. That said, I would like to make the argument that our pandemically infused job market is representative of this incivility in some respects. A revolving door of souls looking for opportunity to prove their worth while adding value to an organization's bottom line. Now, professionally speaking, I would be an attractive candidate pre-pandemic. But while in the midst of one, it seems that I am unemployable. So I leaned on my marketing firm, Medicat Consultant. Shameless plug. But I'll return to that and do another shameless plug. But I have a degree in journalism and an MBA. An MBA with a specialization in marketing. Now, I read for fun, especially biographies, history, and science. I'm a sponge for information in that I'm able to digest it and distill it for diverse audiences. I love, I love words with a passion. This is probably best demonstrated by the two books that I've written, self-published, and marketed globally, including one, during the pandemic by the way of my consulting firm my consulting firm Etiquette Consulting my motto is, is if the cat has got your tongue there's only one place to call but anyhow 
My history in a host of sales, communications, operations, business development roles has been a winding one and it has been my journalism background and proclivity for words that has made it easier for me to get in front of people in the C-suite of organizations. I've worked in Fortune 500 companies, including one where I was promoted nine times. I've won sales awards, accolades, trips, trophies, and the like. But the core ingredient in my success? Storytelling. Now, many will say, are you serious? Storytelling? But allow me to explain. Storytelling is an essential part of the human experience. I think this is best explained by this quote that I took from a from an essay from a journal called Taken. It's actually taken from a, a journal called Inside Out Leadership. When we embrace this connectedness, life becomes more about people than things. We look after the interests of others in non-manipulative ways. This is authentic connection. That being said, because of my ability to tell a story that others can't, I'm often considered a secret weapon of sorts. My leadership would often deputize me with a simple mandate. Find the humility, the humanity in the business process. I would often be on the receiving ends of hearing things such as, hey, we need the big gun. Send in Sean and he'll tell them a story that they won't be able to resist. On my professional page on LinkedIn, people have written stories about me walking the walk and some of the things that they've said have humbled me to my core my clients would often quote something that I mentioned in passing for example I remember closing a five figure software deal with a customer he confessed that he wanted to finish the side conversation that we had about a historical footnote the teapot dome affair and the Harding administration that we began over beverages during a conference and I was more than happy to oblige. They told me later that they figured signing the contract was a good reason to continue our dialogue about the intricacies of history. Yes, being a student of history, it makes for a great conversation starter in business environments trust and believe now believe it or not people like me in these corporate environments because I genuinely like them interestingly enough I always found that the exchange of stories can be a binding one another component in outreach efforts branding Branding is essential. Now, a key takeaway to the effectiveness of my efforts 
if they couldn't recall my name, I would always be remembered as the gentleman whose glasses matched his tie or the person behind the engaging prose in the email. A quick disclaimer. I've had the opportunity to break bread with mayors, governors, presidential candidates, and the like, and never have I become enamored of their stature until I met the soul legend Mesa Leak at City Hall in Baltimore years ago. Now, I'm a jazz jazz head, a, a jazz lover, and I'm still unclear if I passed out that night, but I do have a picture of the event. And on this piece on my site, I have snapshots from me rubbing elbows with the inspirational in corporate settings. Me at an inauguration when I broke bread with Patrick Ewan and another one during my journalism days when I came into orbit with the gubernatorial candidate of Maryland, the inspirational Wes Moore. Now, there isn't a magic wand that I use. I simply listen to comprehend rather than to respond. And it is through the process of literary osmosis that I am able to craft a narrative for the res respective bottleneck in their business process. Whether it is a software, hardware, or collaboration with subject matter experts, it was always the personal element that separated me from my competition. I would often channel the emotion of the problem, echoing back what they told me to ask the elusive open-ended question. How will it feel to have, insert your problem, off of your plate? How would that impact your productivity. Feelings. This is a question seldom asked. A standard journalism school skill that I keep close to my heart. And usually people lean back in their chair and they expand on that. And I just listen. Emotion gets people to vent. Given that we spend more time in the workplace than we do at home, pre-pandemic pre speaking. By listening with purpose and providing a solution to their pain points, I become more than a person trying to sell them stuff. I've done something greater. I've added value. It is what makes me a partner in the process going forward. Now, knowing how to marry resources is critical. But today, at the time of this writing, it didn't seem that there was value in this anymore. Even now, it seems that being human is overrated. It seems that we are merely a step above commodities. Which explains why. Over a span of nearly 10 months, 
I threw my hat into the ring for over 600 plus jobs and counting using the professional platform, LinkedIn, alone, not counting the, the other venues and entities. As I found myself laid off a couple of days before my birthday by a, a Zoom conference. <laughs> Rabbit punch to the ego, right? While on the corporate stroll, I have gotten to the final step several times. And each time I found that I got the proverbial middle finger. Whenever I ask for feedback for my own edification. Now, in one instance, I had five interviews with the organization who prided themselves on the human experience. I was told to stand by for some good news, only to receive the unfortunately email two days later in my junk mail folder. And in this piece, I put together a collage of the unfortunately emails. Now, in this instance, when I circle back for feedback on their reasoning behind the decision, I got the driest retort. No particular reason to which I translated has fuck you in the corporate lexicon. Now, I couldn't help the wonder. I couldn't help but the wonder. A month spent out of my life and somehow I wasn't worthy enough to be accorded some sense, some semblance of decency And I came to the realization that maybe the problem is deeper than that. Perhaps I'm guilty of expecting humanness, a small measure of empathy out of my fellow man, which is something that seems to be a product of a bygone era. Now, let's marinate on that. We'll flesh it out a little bit more. I want to give a hat tip to racism. that omnipresent muse throughout my life. I've likened it to a spirit, a force, a demonic one, a soulless one. And in turn, I've taken what it has given me to convert it into something of worth. rather than something to be besmirched by. 
And this was fuel for peace in, in my second book, From the Water's Edge, Volume 2. That tempestuous spirit. What if racism, that vile and tempestuous spirit, made the jump from the hearts, minds, and institutional by way of the esoteric into the physical, impacting the masses, body, soul, and spirit, the omnipresent struggle to understand the unspoken of black and brown people in America disproportionately smoked and the focus lost. As Chicken Little is the head of state, a ruler not inclined to humility, never one to give alms or say grace, soullessly holding the levers of power, unconcerned with the needs of the many, but wholly occupied with pushing the narrative that the sky is not falling and the empire does not burn. out episode 11 of Hesse and Sense Burns and I am your humble host Sean P. Wrights I truly appreciate you stopping by feel free to catch up on past episodes or stay tuned for episode 12 And be safe out there. I'll see you soon. Always here. At the water's edge.